Welcome back, everyone, to episode number 16 of the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. My name is Neil Rule, local sports broadcaster in the Detroit, Michigan area. My partner, as always, Cameron Evans of the Evans Law Group, also an agent with Pivotal Sports Management as well. You can follow us on Twitter at Straight Cash Pod. We release all the episodes. We drop them there on the social media, available on SoundCloud and on the iTunes page as well. Just go ahead, click subscribe. Uh, you can rate it, review it if you want, if you enjoy it. This What we do here is the, the same thing we've always done. Every episode, we take a look at sports, but more off the field, more in the bank account, right, Cam? More in the, the checking account, more, more notably. Uh, checking account, there might be a large Amazon card involved, but this is all related to uh, the color of money, and it's what it gets down to. And there's a lot of stuff happening right now in the sports world that deals with Big-time money and big-time interest. Absolutely, and maybe none bigger than what's going on out in California. You've heard about it, and chances are you've talked about it on local sports radio. You've listened to people talk about it. And, Cam, I purposely wanted to lay out for a week or two as this was going on just to let some of the dust settle. For those that don't know, in the state of California, the Fair Pay to Play Act. So essentially, just to break it on down it, and this is what I like to do, Cam, because I, I, again, I'm the lowest common denominator. If I understand it, I think most people can understand it. So essentially, college athletes who before were unable to but now will be able to, uh, I guess you would say cash in from their likeness, cash in from marketing opportunities with companies, uh, cash in in terms of jersey sales, pretty much everything that everybody talked about that, that college athletes didn't have access to that, that maybe they should have, uh, they now will give it give it to the legal people that are listening, Cam. I, I represent the common man. Uh, give, give it the, uh, the legal due diligence. Well, you're absolutely right. It, it's saying that without losing their amateur status with the NCAA, and that's the critical com- component that we're going to be focusing on is – that that's what they care about is that they can still play college sports and it's not going to jeopardize their amateur status and that yeah their name image likeness that they can go out and market this um in addition to the benefits that they receive from the universities the big one this is would bring ncaa video games back to everybody's councils and so they can be doing that on the weekend instead of which, just which makes everyone the real winner that, that's what everybody go. wants yeah yeah and we, we'll get my 10 year old saying can i please get it can i please get the college football and they're like oh we'll have a whole nother st- you know talk on that buddy um but but that's what it is so you can go out there you can go and endorse products you can have somebody be able to use your image so you can go out and be part of ncaa college football 2020 uh, for the Xbox. stores could sell your jersey now with your name on it. Well, and you get part of that money, right? And that is and that is the key is that that money now would be coming to the uh, college athlete, and that they would do it. And with without the NCAA being able to say you are no longer eligible to participate in college athletics, and and that's what it come. And, and you know, California was the first. There's probably 11 or 12 states right now that have uh, you know um, follow-up bills. Um, to address the same issue, California is not scheduled to go into into play until 2023. So part of this is like let's pump the brakes. I mean, you did the right thing here. Let the dust settle. Let's see what's going to happen. And California is not going to be overnight. Florida could you be could, could be in 2020 if they if their legislation passes. It would be and just good. to give you a frame of reference. By the time opening day rolls around for next baseball season, th- this could be up and rolling in Florida. Right, and, and and from Florida, and then I'd say more importantly, by the time you have uh, the f- the first football teed up to kick off next fall in the SEC, 
you could be looking at a situation where schools in Florida would be able to have their athletes go out and get the market value for their name, image, or likeness. Uh, and according to the Florida statute that if it's going to get passed would say NCAA can't hold it against them. Um, and, you know, all hell will break loose. Well, and it would be beneficial, too, because everyone was talking about, well, now California will have the, the market cornered in terms of the, the top priority, the, the top five-star athletes. Well, again, you know, you talked about pumping the brakes, pump the brakes on that. Now, in much the same way where we've seen with professional athletes, and, and we saw this here in the Detroit area when Adamican Sue left and, and signed with the Miami Dolphins for, for very similar money. Well, it wasn't very similar money. It was actually more money because of the lack of taxes that one pays in the state of Florida. That's another thing that will enter the equation, right? This becomes a full-on arms race, does it not? Oh, well, it does. potentially it could. I mean, if there's not a negotiated truce, as I kind of see the outcome eventually being, you're going to have states competing with how favorable can their legislation be that's going to allow the colleges in their state to go and recruit certain players with the promise of you come here, you will be able to put X amount of money potentially in your pocket. And one of those things you're going to be looking at is the implication of, of taxes. You know, And so if you're a resident of California, guess what? You're going to be pay paying 13% California tax in addition to federal tax. You're going to school in, in Florida and you're deemed a resident of Florida, you get zero state tax. And so it's going to, and it's all going to be stuff that kids do not comprehend. 18, who understood anything about taxes? Not me. I mean, I, not I, me. I, I, I'll be the first one to tell you. I didn't understand the concept of credit cards, none of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I knew, but I didn't know. Right. And then we're going to be talking about, you know, you know, you know, five, six, seven figure payments to athletes. I mean, you certainly I can imagine it's going to be seven figures and who they're going to be able to represent. They're going to now have agents to be able to represent, negotiate their deals under the California law. This is, um, this is put a put everything front and center into the lap of the NCAA. They made the problem, um, and they're going to have to find a way to get it fixed. What about the impact of the state legislation and, and how things move in each individual state? If you're the NCAA, wouldn't it be fairly easy for you to go in front of, of federal people and say, look, guys, this is fine and everything. I understand this. But how are we going to, to take on an individual basis the impact of 50 different states with 50 different laws that no two laws are exactly the same. What 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 are we supposed to do here? Break that down for everybody, Cam. What, what about the impact of the state legislation? Now you hit the nail on the head. The NCAA will go to a court and just you know say throw up their hands and say, it is impossible for us to regulate our association when we are subject to rules of this magnitude coming out of multiple states and there is prior case law out there where the NCAA has won um, they sued over uh, legislation out of Nevada uh, from you know when the shark was the head basketball coach at one, UNLV. one of my favorite coaches oh, and favorite basketball teams of all time oh, go running Rebs man yeah. he put it you know pedal to the metal and let's go yeah um, but you know he had some investigation problems with the NCAA and really yeah and he uh, he sued a few <laughs> times and didn't get his way so the state of Nevada you know enacted a law that says hey any coach or 
student athlete or administrator in Nevada who's subject to an NCAA investigation, they get certain due process rights that you don't get under the NCAA's rules. And the NCAA sued, and it was only one state that had a, had a statute like this saying, if Nevada is allowed to get away with it, every other state's going to get away with it, and we're never going to be able to police ourselves because we're going to be dealing with multiple different rules. And the Federal Court of Appeals that oversees that part of the country, including California, accepted that argument and said, no, it is an unconstitutional statute in this context. And so as, as more states adopt name image likeness legislation for college athletes it actually helps the ncaa when they are eventually going to go to court to sue over this stuff saying come on how can we possibly comply with all these different rules it's just going to be a nightmare and we can't do it and it interferes with commerce which is the whole you know underpinning for the um, the basis for this unconstitutionality ruling but it doesn't solve the problem because you could get federal legislation and there's pending federal legislation right now to try to address this. And you're going to have this continued pushback from the public. Because what has changed over time is that the money has exploded for college athletics. And remember, it was not until 1984 that conferences had the right to negotiate their own TV deals. Before that, the NCAA controlled it. And your college football, your Michigan, your Oklahoma, Nebraska, USC, you're on once a year on national TV. That all changed in 1984 with the Supreme Court decision. And so you've just had this explosion of money coming in the NCAA. And now the perception in the public is that free college education and the stipends that the college athletes get are no longer viewed as a sufficient benefit to the players for the amount of revenue that they're generating. And the perception is that it's disproportionate and that public perception is not going to go away. And so the NCAA, you know, they may win on the state level. Ultimately, you got to either work something out internally. They got a study group going on that's going to address this. Or you're going to be facing federal legislation of some type. Um, and Wow, this, this sounds messy. <laughs> I mean, it, like, for real messy. This is really, really messy. But it is, it is a mess that they have made because they have been behind the curve in addressing what do we do with the public perception that the p people who are making the money make us money the players that's why we watch this it's why we get upset are no longer getting a fair share of the benefit and they're going to come out and said the NCAA's got a study group right now um, I don't think you're going to see a lot of change out of the NCAA. It's something that they are very, very adamant that they don't want to again get viewed at, you know, players are getting paid. You know, it's going to decrease popularity. People are going to see them as a professional sport. Right. You know, I happen to disagree with that because there's a passion with college athletics that is different than pro sports, at least in, you know, the neck of the country there I grew up and live. Um and it's like I, that in the South. It's like that everywhere. Right. I think the I think the the bigger concern they have, and I think a more legitimate concern, is that you're now you're going to be able to have a mechanism through which people not associated with the university can pay money to athletes without voiding their eligibility, and that opens up 
just a whole nest of problems. And we got the basketball scandal going on with Adidas right now. There's dirty money that gets flowed to players already or AAU coaches or parents or whoever the adult is in their life. Um, but but got- Cam, but Cam, this is happening already. All all of what you said is is soon to be proven as fact from what it sounds like is going to happen. So but the <laughs> difference is is and from my perspective right now is that there no payment right now is lawful from an outside source like this. Right. It's good, all right. And, and it was hard enough to find what was going on in the basketball world when everybody on the inside knew what was going on. It was hard for the prosecutors to know, find out what in the FBI. And, you know, you lift the curtain and you're like, holy crap, you know, this is bad stuff. Right. Didn't shock anybody, did it? No, because no. there, was, there was no, there's no public outrage. If anything, it's only... It's only embeddings. I mean, talk to a Kansas fan right now. Look at Kansas fans' posts on social media and all that type of stuff. They don't care. You know what they care about? Winning. Right. That's what they care about. And it's that mentality. But So now you have something where there's no lawful way. No, I shouldn't say lawful or unlawful. There's no way for an outsider to pay money, to the most part, to, 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 a, to a college athlete without so, voiding their see, amateurism. Cam, but, but this is my This point, is the problem. Though. No, but... <laughs> But this is it, because it's the NCAA. I mean, it's like, you know, what the Supreme Court said about pornography. I mean, they know it when they see it. The NCAA, they know amateurism when they see it. So they will say it's perfectly okay for a two-sport athlete to get a signing bonus if they're drafted in the major league draft, and they can still be a quarterback on a football team. And they don't jeopardize their football eligibility. You got the Olympic payments that are all appropriate under the NCAA regulations. It's just that now you're going to um, widen that swim lane where you can have outside entities and outside people who could make legitimate payments for an athlete's name, image, and likeness um, without jeopardizing their eligibility. And now it's just going to be easier for them, for the bad people out there, for the people who who don't want to do it for legitimate reasons under these statutes, uh, to be able to get access to the players and to pay them. And it's going to be harder to track and there'll be more money flowing in um in 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 a way that you know makes things more difficult to go and and police and manage you're listening to straight cash homie podcast episode number 16 we're talking about the california fair pay to play act my name is neil rule local sports broadcaster in the detroit area he was cameron evans of the evans law group also pivotal sports management as well and and why like doing this we talk about the money side of sports strictly straight cash that's uh that's all we deal with around here but Cam, one of the reasons I love doing this because we go down roads when we're recording this podcast that I don't anticipate we're going to go down or you're going to go down, and, and it makes questions pop inside my head. You're the legal expert of all of these, these things. And there were a couple notes that I wrote down while while you were speaking your piece. And, and the one that, that jumps out to me, you, you talked about the Supreme Court decision in the mid-'80s that really – allowed for televised free agency. That's the way that's the way I'll say it. Again, going that's, back just to give it a, a a way for the common sports fan to understand it, essentially conferences had television free agency right around the mid 80s. The Supreme Court had to step in, right, and decide this. This is nothing new. This fair pay to play act and people that are saying this is going to be Armageddon for sports, this has happened time and time and time again. It, it's just history repeating itself. The money gets bigger, 
the number of people with their hands in the money gets bigger. That's the only thing that's really changed about this. This has happened for years. Right, because everybody's going to say in the NCAA, their argument is that we, are, we have, quote-unquote, student-athletes. I mean, the, that magical phrase that was created in the 1950s by the NCAA. So yeah. they could go and defend against workers' comp claims filed by football players. I mean, tragic. I mean, you know, the, the, where it came from, there was a small college football player that died in Colorado. Widow, he was married, back different time of life in the United States. Widow applied for workers' comp death benefits. And NCAA's like, hell no. Right. They're, they're this thing that we call a student athlete. And that's you know, gone from there. And, and they always push back is that if we start, if, if we got to keep a, di- a distinction between student athletes, college athletes, and professional athletes. But, you know, as you said, as the money has grown so large that people are just like, this is no longer fair that people cannot go get their market value as a phrase that you like to use if if my name is worth something to the video game company why shouldn't i be able to go and benefit off that when you have obscene amount of money coming into conferences coming into i have the uh, numbers right here yeah yeah, i see i see the pages in front of you you know and come i mean and you look at you know college football coaches you know you look at the top paid college football coaches what has happened over the years nick saban made 11.1 million dollars in 2017 nick saban can't throw a football i mean he's great at coach he's the best he's the best in the country at coaching there's no disputing that no disputing it check the trophy case dabo sweeney's eight and a half million jim harbaugh seven million Urban Meyer, when he was at Ohio State, $6.4 million. I mean, the numbers are absolutely staggering. And, and here in, in Cam and people that have listened to Straight Cash Homie podcast before, they have heard me, if you heard me do talk radio here in the Detroit area, you have heard me bring this example up. The only thing I'm looking for in all of this, if there is a great chemistry student at the University of Michigan that's a, a, a chemistry prodigy, like a once-in-a-lifetime chemistry just gifted by God in chemistry a science company a research company can walk in and hire that kid for any amount of money that kid could still go to school if they they wanted to they could leave school at any time regardless if it's one year in one semester in one day in one second in it doesn't matter what is different about a student athlete they're students right that's not my terminology that's the NCAA's terminology they're students. You say it in their name first. That's what we're always pointed to that. Student and student athlete. Why is it different for an athlete than it is for a student? This isn't me doing this. This is other people that make the rules doing this, saying it is different. Because well, it's historic. And they wanted to one, keep it, you know, make it a different from a professional sport. Um, and two, it was a way to monitor a lot of dirty money that's going to flow. And because people are going to want to get to kids either to have them come to a school, stay at a school, reward them for playing well, or, you know, plenty of people that bet on sports. There's very, you know, unsavory people that want out there. They want to get to kids to be, you know, even, you know, 100 years ago. It doesn't matter. This is something that is always going to, has existed and will continue to exist. And the NCAA has built a brand with a capital B, probably a capital R, A, and D too. Sure. Because it is a hell of a brand. And it is a business, and that brand is built on this notion of amateurism and student-athlete. And, yes, they can get paid certain amount of benefits, but it is different than the, a, a true professional who is paid solely, solely 
to go and be a sports person, to be a player. That's all they're paid for. Now, people are going to be, well, if you're in a Power Five, that's all you're basically getting paid for anyways because you can't really go and do what you want. Um, you know, Jordan Lewis, former quarterback or cornerback at University of Michigan, now at Dallas Cowboys, you know, he tweeted something that, you know, yeah, I was a student athlete, but you know, I couldn't take graphic arts because it didn't fit into my schedule. Well, not class schedule. It didn't fit into my football schedule. You know, right. and, and there's things you do, and, and there are, you know, pluses and minuses when you, when you get up there. But the NCAA is very, very, very concerned that the line between the public perception of the line between professional sports and college sports at some point will get too blurred, and they will lose their unique spot in the United States and be able to then – then, and then their brand is going to be damaged. The NCAA president made over $2 million last year. That's it? In compensation. On the books. That's on the tax return. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not casting aspersions. I'm just saying that's that's what the tax return was in 2016. This is a couple years ago. So over $2 million. So I would say the line gets blurred depending on whose glasses you're looking at the line through. I mean, that that is something where, and, and full disclosure, you know, I, I work in college athletics. You know, I do. I, I guess you would say I, I profit from it as well, which I do. You know, I'm, I'm just being honest about the situation here. So with all that being said, you know, but at the same time, again, I just go back to if it's if it's the same for all students, why isn't it the same for student athletes? And, and with this, if the coaches, coaches can take shoe money, coaches can do endorsements, coaches can do all that stuff, why is it different for a player? So, well, you got my take on it. it, it yeah. It's historic, and it's this key distinction between amateurism and professionalism. And now it is, and but now I mean, it's a it is a it is a great problem to have from the NCAA standpoint because it means that they have a so boatload money. of money. That's right. This is a problem because you have too much money. If if it was, guess what? The top the top um, paid um, coach or administrator in the NCAA is the head of the NCAA, and he makes two million dollars a year, and coaches are making a million a year, a million five. This would not be as big of an issue, right. in my opinion. I, I, the I public perception, you. but now you look at you know you know Nick Saban, eleven million. You, know, you want to know something? He's worth every penny every, and probably more to, to more, to, way more. This goes back to something we've talked about on previous episodes of the Straight Cash Homie podcast. LeBron James is woefully underpaid. Cristiano Ronaldo, well, it's a little bit different with soccer. Soccer's different. A little bit different. I mean, they get more along the lines of what their market value is. But I'll leave it at that. Michael Jordan, LeBron James woefully underpaid for what they generate in and around what they do. The college coaches, now Nick Saban, I'm, again, don't get it twisted. I'm not complaining about how much Nick Saban makes. He doesn't make enough compared to how good he is at his craft compared to the money he's generated. I mean, think about that in that respect. The, these these college athletes, they're the ones with the talent, right? They, they've created this leverage because they have the talent of the product that everyone wants to consume. Now, on the flip side of that coin, we're seeing we're seeing what they get start to catch up and catch up rapidly. Nick Saban, along those same lines, he's the best in the in the nation at what he does. Check the trophy case. That's right, and the and and the player the players have to be on the play on the on the field. They're the product, but they can't do it without a coach. Sure. And Nick Saban does it better than anybody else of putting winners out there that and and enhances those players marketability for their name, image, and likeness because they are having greater success on the field and as a team because of their coach. Sure. But now it is this 
this thing that you know you have this waterfall of money coming down and i then and I, I money and water have a lot of stuff in common in my opinion and the number one being is that they're both going to find the path of least resistance. Right, and you need them both to live. Uh, there you go. And uh, <laughs> you we, we can just keep going on and on about all the common. <laughs> that you know, could be another common, episode. Yeah. <laughs> Cash Homie Podcast. But now it's like 16. it's like I have too much money to be able to do anything rational with it. So we're going to be paying out, um, and you know, substantial money to head coaches and assistant coaches and everything associated we're going to build these elaborate incredible training facilities that are probably better than some nfl you know training facilities that you say okay why because we have to spend the money because we're a non-profit university we're a public university we can't keep this surplus not called profit a surplus here we have to spend it but we can't spend it on the labor and that's really what they are. They, they are the labor here, the players. We cannot spend it on a market uh, basis uh, on them because we only can do so much. Right. And so we're or, or on an go- education, quote-unquote education, that costs fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 a year. Right, which is no, as I said, it's a, I, my, my sense here is a strong public perception that is, as important and as valuable as that asset is, and I'm going to tell you, being able to get a college degree is something that you know should not be diminished. It is something that can give you unlimited opportunities in sure. life. It is can teach you a lot of great things. And you're going to be a student athlete. You're going to be the one that are up at five o'clock in the morning in the gym, and you're not going to have time to go do things if you're really going to be a student athlete. It sure. is. It teaches discipline. It is very difficult. I never would have. Well, I never had the talent to do it. But you know, well, would I would I have had the discipline to go and do that at 18, 19, 20 years old? Um, and but you go and do that, but now it's going to be like, yeah, that's great, but it's not enough. Sure. And uh, that's why I think this is just one issue, but this is in the forefront, and it's going to continue. It's going to continue to see a lot of interest in the next, you know, twelve to eighteen months because it's not going to go away. Other states are going to press the issue. Congress is going to get involved at some point, maybe. Who knows what Congress is going to do? Um, you know, but the NCAA, I think, is going to take a baby step out of their working group that they have. Well, and that's and that's the other thing too, Cam. When you'll see this, this will be timely, right? When Congress chooses to get involved, my guess is you'll really see it pushed in the South. You'll really see it pushed around election time, because again, going back to the college sports thing, that's passion. That's passion that you can't buy. That's passion that you can't fake. That everybody. That's why college sports is so popular because of the connection that we have to our schools or our universities or our region or our areas in the country where there are no professional teams. I've been to you know we've played at Alabama before. I've been down there the the week of the national title game against Notre Dame. I was down there. There was not one person in that city. They were all in Miami, waiting for the for the national title game. Uh, there was a sign up in one of the dorm rooms that said "Last person out, turn out the lights." See you in Miami. And, you know, I mean, that's that's what it was. I mean, it was a movement there. It wasn't even a, a – it was a cult. It, was, it wasn't a, a fandom. I mean, it was a cult. It was a movement. It was something that they were going to do. So, I mean, with all that being said, everybody will now take their turn with this to shape it in a way that, that they want it shaped and how it can benefit them. And that will go all the way on down the line. Real quickly, Cam, before we wrap up, episode number 16 of the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. My name is Neil Rule. He is Cameron Evans. Remember, subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on SoundCloud as well. Rate it. Review it. All that stuff. Happy to have you with us. Real quickly, Cam, before we cut out of this episode, Title IX, uh, that, that's the other hot topic of debate. 
I've heard people say, and in my mind, incorrectly so, well, then you have to pay the female athletes that that go to universities and things like that. This is not that because this isn't school-based. This is This is more of a free market type avenue. Right, and there's no restriction here on only male athletes being able to participate. Sure. It's not like, oh, oh, you know, football players and men's college basketball players get to go and be able to have right. the the ability to go and, and, and market and sell and profit off their name, image, or likeness. This right, is open this... to this is open to, to, to anybody, and so you certainly will have the female college athletes out there that will attract money. So sure. softball hitting camps. Uh, the 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 Michigan University's home run leader wants to conduct hitting camps and be paid to instruct, right? That that oh. that'd be a great player that you you would want your child to learn from. No, 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 Yale. You don't you do not have to instruct. You just you can sell your name on a camp. On a camp. Yeah. There you go. Now you want to be there or you, you want to do you it? could be employed to to give hitting lessons and do all these things now. So, uh okay, now you now, now you get into a different compact cuz now you're getting you're getting paid for employment and services. It's a little bit different because now it's it's just name, image, and likeness. But yes, you can have your name if you if you want to be able to do it. You want to have Trevor Lawrence football throwing camp, all right? He'll be able to do it. All the camps that the coaches have, they the now players, players will, be will be able. Oh, you mean to, the ones that the players work at and instruct? Exactly. You know, which is fine. I mean, I think I think there's a lot of good to it. But yes, and they can get paid in that situation. Um, but no, this is. But if you have a situation, you look at you know, um, you know, University of Connecticut women's basketball. Um, you look at um, Oregon track and field. UCLA softball, right yeah, on down the road. Right. So you look at the, some of these non-revenue producing swim teams. You know, whether it's Stanford, or, you're going to be able to say, guess what? There's going to be boosters there who would love that sport. You're going to find a Stanford booster for their women's swimming program. And say, I want this recruit. I want to make sure that they're happy. I want to make sure that it's not we don't lose out on Katie Ledecky, who gave up her college um, eligibility because although she was able to keep one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars from the U.S. government for her incredible performance down at the games in Brazil, um, she could not go out and get endorsements, and so she turned pro. <laughs> you know, you know. After which, some time at Stanford, move, yeah. she yeah, she turned pro. So you you're going to see these niches. You know, somebody loves tennis. I mean, you want to lacrosse. All there are boosters. There's boosters there, for all of them. There right? are, and God bless them, man. And that's you want to have people have the passion and they're willing to put their money where it is. But you're going to find people that say you're going to get a coach going to a booster saying, "Hey, I'm interested in this person. Can you know? Would you consider? You can't promise up front, but if I get them here." You know, uh, can they do a you know a signing event at your car dealership that you own at your restaurant? Oh well, yeah, I can do a signing event, and you know, here we go. We'll come in, we'll pay them money. So yeah. it's uh it's not going away. No, it's not. Neither is the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. Although we are done for episode number sixteen, Cam, appreciate your time. Uh, more importantly, appreciate your expertise and your good looks. Oh, put your glasses on. No, buddy. I was, I was, I was kidding about the good looks part. Now, but I do appreciate your expertise. For Cameron Evans, my name is Neil Rule. Thank you all for listening to episode number sixteen of the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. Remember, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on SoundCloud, and we will be back at you for episode number seventeen in just a little bit. Again, my name is Neil Rule. Thank you for listening, everybody. Well, see you later. <laughs>